house. Um, but I kind of want to go somewhere this week. You know, uh, last week we, we, we talked about the overlook and we talked about not being able to see the forest from the trees. And Kaylee, I can already see in your mind right now that you're ready to see this view. Uh, it's such spectacular. And, and as we, excuse me, as we always have heard, you know, that, that picture is worth a thousand words. And the reality of that is that it would take more than a thousand words to bring justice to that view because it's just it is breathtaking but uh but that's not the the point that we're getting to here today uh but we're just simply talking about the point of an overlook of overlooking situations and overlooking things in our life and overlooking um uh, overlooking things that God may be speaking to us and and as we saw that take place last week in scripture as I don't want to to go into that you're more than welcome to get the notes from me or to go back and listen to last week's podcast or even uh, our YouTube channel uh, but this week I, I want to talk about something uh, along this line and we'll be ending this uh this prequel to this series because God gave me this one after he gave me the next one uh, it's kind of hard to explain because what a prequel is is something that takes place before the storyline has started so this is kind of where it goes kind of like the Star Wars movies you know we had the Star Wars movies back in the late 70s 80s uh, late 70s early 80s and then back in the 2000s I think it was that they they came up with one two and three they kind of proceeded the storyline of what we had seen there but we're not here to talk about store star wars this morning we're just here to that was just an example that i want to give you and that this series will lead into the next series after our mother's day message next week for those that are mothers that are with us even those that may be viewing us online um but i want to talk about the obvious uh what would somebody say would would be something that's obvious anybody Okay, well, I got a picture for you. Let's go to the next slide. I mean, do you think that's obvious or what? Because it's what? It's a wet floor, but it's in the ocean. It's in the water. That's obvious. That's something that really doesn't need to be said. But since nobody really wants to take notes, since nobody really wants to see what's going on here, then we've got to point out the obvious. And so as I sat down on Friday, and I was I was putting the patio furniture together, and um, I just, I've been in prayer this week as I, I labor in prayer oftentimes in reference to what God wants to speak. And then when I sat down yesterday morning, I don't think I've ever put a sermon together so fast in my life because all I really have is a lot of scripture for you this morning and I think I've got less than a hundred words of my personal notes that the Lord was speaking to me that means that the Holy Spirit's got so much more to say than what he was ministering to me exactly at that time but to make a long story short uh, the Lord spoke to me on Friday morning while I was sitting out on the back porch putting patio furniture together and the Lord said I want to deal with the heart So I just kind of sat back and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm game for whatever you want to do. And then the Lord had continued to, to mention to me all day long 
that I want to I want to focus on the heart, the heart of man, because when we get to the heart of something, then it's the what? It's the middle of something. It's the root of something. So, so Jesus was going to make an address here today as we move on to our next slide. I got quite a few slides for you today, but like they're always scripture. So we're going to start with John, uh, John chapter 9, verses 1. And we're not going to read the whole story because there's like 40 or 41 verses in this chapter. But I want to highlight a lot of things to be able to bring out. I had created a video or gotten a video off of YouTube, but because of YouTube copyright laws, I'm not able to show those videos, but maybe you know, one day uh, we'll move on into something like that when I've, we've got us a more established of an IT team and, and things like that. So we'll work with what God's given us right now. But John verses 9, so I'm sorry, John chapter 9 verses 1, it said, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Verses 6 to 11. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing, exclamation point. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Verse 9. Some said he was, and others said no, he just looks like him. So obviously, I mean, really, who was blind there and who wasn't blind? Because if they really didn't recognize him, then why are they even in questioning him? So that was a, something that stood out. That's just kind of a side note, a side nugget that Lord was speaking to me uh, that we, we aren't really addressing in this message today. Uh, and no, no, he said, uh, he looks just like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. I am that man. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash myself or to wash yourself. So I went and washed. Now I see. Now let's just stop before we even move on. Was there even any significance in spitting on some dirt and making mud? It was just really the reality about obeying what I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you to do something ridiculous. I'm doing something ridiculous, so I need you to respond to my ridiculousness. It kind of reminds me of the Harry Potter when they do the the whatever that thing is, ridiculousness, or that little spell that they do. Or uh, anyways, long story short, excuse me on that one. But, but Jesus asked him to, to follow his ridiculousness, something that didn't seem to make sense. How many times has God spoken to us to do something that was ridiculous and this just really didn't seem to make no sense? So we'll follow on up in, in, in verse 13. And it said, it said so uh, they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. 
the Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. That just really seems to be so simple. What's so hard to understand is that they were looking for, for something more. They were looking for something deeper. But the reality is, is that what they were really needed to see was right there before their very eyes, the signs that Jesus was working, that he was fulfilling the will of the Father. In verse 16, he says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion upon them. How many times have we been called in our own opinion? You know, we, we've stuck in the opinion of ourselves. We're stuck in the opinion of man. Well, I think you should do this and I think you should do that. But the reality is, is what's the obvious? What, what is the what is the obvious that's really just taking place in our life or in this situation? Verses 24. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I do know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do to you, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man explained. Just, hey, look here. Just, just look. I told you once. Weren't you listening? Why do you want to hear it again? Or is it just simply this? Do you want to become his disciples too? Are you wanting to know more about him? Is this why you want to know all of the details? Is this why you want to know all the explanations of why? Is because you just really want to be his disciple. He said, then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. From Why, that's very strange, the man replied, or the man that was once blind. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. Verse 31, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one had been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. And if we stop for a second, you begin to look back. Nobody had ever been healed from blindness before. So this becomes something that was unexplainable that, you know, that, that Jesus did something that had never been done, you know, and, and that's the very same thing that, that Jesus wants to do in our life. If he wants to do things that he, we've not allowed him to do before, but we got to follow the ridiculousness of what he's telling us to do, because what he's doing doesn't seem to make no sense, but we've got to follow his lead. Hallelujah. Um, so verse 33, and he said, if this man were not from God, he could not have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And then they threw him out the synagogue. Verse 35, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have, you have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, 
I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Now listen closely to what's going on here. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think that they can see that they are blind. Verse 40. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him ask, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim that you can see. Now we can see here, man, it really sounded like Jesus was just really speaking so harsh to them. But the reality is, is that Jesus was just really showing them where their heart was. Because they were trying to see something. They were, they were at the overlook that, 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 that they really couldn't see the obvious that was really there. If we just begin to picture that sign again, a wet floor sign inside of, or in, well, inside of the ocean. <laughs> but in the ocean... And that just becomes so obvious that this is something that shouldn't be said. But the reality here is that Jesus had to say these things because it was, it was even so obvious that he even spoke it to them. And the things that he spoke to them sound to be so harsh. But the reality is, is that he was just really pointing them to God. He was pointing them to who he was. I'm not trying to get you to accept. I'm not trying to get you to accept my signs. I want you to accept my word. I want you to accept that I am the son of man. And so how many times, you know, so, so Jesus went to the root to expose the heart of the Pharisees. What makes us think that we would be spoken to any differently? What makes us think that Jesus will speak to us any differently? You know why that He spoke to them so differently? Than what we may perceive Jesus to be speaking? It's because they were religious. They thought that they had religion figured out. They thought that they had it figured out because of man-made traditions, because of man-made rituals. They thought they had it figured out. But the reality is, is Jesus was pointing to the heart of where they were. So... So Jesus spoke to them this way, but did He not just die for their sins as well? Just like He died for us. He died for their sins. So, so follow me over to Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. I want to again begin to point out some obvious things, and that's why I always come with so much Scripture, so that it's never about Pastor James saying this and Pastor James saying that, that this is the reality. And if we look in a red-letter Bible here, you would see that this would be red letters, and red letters represent what? The words of Jesus. These were words that Jesus spoke. That these were the words that were identified, that the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. So verse 33, follow with me here. He said, A tree is identified by its fruit. How much of how many of us would just stop and say, hey, that makes total sense? That just makes sense. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of vipers. How can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of his evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on the judgment day for every idle word you speak. The word you say will either, will either quit you or condemn you. So, Let's look at a tree of any origin, uh, any well, uh, of any origin of fruit. So if it's an avocado tree, it's going to produce what? Avocado. 
avocados, or as it was avocado. Avocate. Avocate, yes, excuse me. We don't have a Spanish-speaking pastor here yet, so I'm working with my Spanish-speaking congregation. <laughs> but, but if we have an orange tree, then what does it produce? Why would it not produce apples? That just defies what it really is. So the question of that Jesus was really stating here is that you're known by the fruit that you bear. And if we're not bearing fruit, then what does that tell us? We're not who we say we are. That just seems to be the obvious. So here we are, we're getting to... I did a box, but we're... We're getting to the heart of things. How'd you like that? Did anybody online see that? I did a heart. But but Jesus was getting to the heart of things here. So so um, how can you tell what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears? That's just obvious. That is the obvious. So how many of us have used this saying? I don't want you nobody to raise your hands because everybody knows where your walk is with God and everybody knows the words that have came from your mouth before. So how many of us have used this saying, God knows my heart? Excuse me. So let me make this statement to the reference of that. Do we have to drill a hole? Excuse me. Do we have to drill and drill into the tree to see if the heart of the tree is good? Do we have to drill a hole in a tree to look in there to see if the heart of that tree is good? Why not? You can tell by the fruit. You can, we can look at the fruit, and the fruit is the deciding factor if the heart of the tree is good. The fruit that we bear will tell us if we are good or not. It's just that simple. That's the obvious. It doesn't get any plainer than that. And if our fruit is not reflecting Jesus, if our fruit is not reflecting the more that He's called us to, then we really got to question our heart for God. Because Jesus has simply spoken here to the Pharisees that your mouth is going to tell on your heart. Your mouth is going to tell on your heart. We've all had things come out of our mouth before. We talked about a little bit about the heart last week and but and now I, I know why and I see why because Jesus is always he's always attracting my heart as well and and so we've heard the words that we would give an account for every outer word that we speak right but we always perceived it as the very words that come out of our mouth but the reality ladies and gentlemen is this here's you in a revelation if you want to look at it this way that we want to give an account for everything that's in our heart because our mouth tells on us. Our mouth will tell on our heart. So everything that's in our heart, we will have to give an account for that. That is the obvious, ladies and gentlemen. That was the obvious that Jesus wanted to point out to the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these people that were religious, all these people that thought they had it out, all these people that just said that they were simply that we are disciples of Moses. So why didn't they say that they were disciples of God then instead of Moses? You see, because they were looking to a man. You know, they were looking to a man. You see, it's so funny how, how these religious people, they could accept 
Moses as being a leader, but yet when, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, those people didn't even want to accept him because he heard things from God that he spoke to them that they just simply didn't want to hear. So it was easy to receive somebody that wasn't standing in front of you telling you the blatant truth of, of what you needed to be hearing. So, so let me move on to this. So we, we look at the fruit. The fruit is a deciding factor if the heart of the tree is good. And God knows our fruit because our fruit is the evident of who we are and whom we belong to. Listen to that again. God knows our fruit and because our fruit is the evidence of who we are and whom that we belong to. We are judged by these fruits because we are accountable by these fruitful and fruitless words that generate from our heart. Again, remember that these words are either fruitful or fruitless because it's either good fruit or it's bad fruit because he, he didn't just address it about bringing fruit. He addressed it about bringing good fruit and bad fruit. So the evidence of what's in our heart is either going to be good or it's going to be bad. It's not just going to be all good and no bad. It's going to be one or the other. It, it can't be both. So, so this reminds me of one more scripture, uh, you know, that Jesus spoke. And um, so in John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, he said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you because of God's word. We become pruned. We become pruned. So I'm going to get into this here in just a minute. Um, verse four, he said, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Did he say you might produce much fruit? Did he say that, that maybe you will? It's a suggestion. It's a recommendation. He said you will. Will is a what? It, you look at that as a commandment. You will you will produce much fruit. He didn't just say a little bit of fruit. He said much fruit. And if you're not producing no fruit, then what's he going to do? You're going to be severed off and you're going to be separated. We're going to be separated from the vine. Let me continue on here before I get a little bit too excited here. He said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing at all. Verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches, now listen to this, such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask of anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to our Father. So if we just stop for, for just a minute, he said, if you produce much fruit in verse 8, he said, you are my what? True. If there's a true, is there not also a false? If there's a true, then that means there's a false. Because if I could tell you a true statement, then I could tell you a false statement. And a false statement honestly could be changed by changing some words around, 
or by removing or adding some words. So that is the difference. That is the difference. He said, if you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. So, so what would be the opposite? If, if you were a false disciple, then what would precede him saying that you would be a false disciple? If you produce no fruit. If you are producing no fruit, then you are not a true disciple or you a false disciple. You are just no different than the Pharisees that you are following a tradition of going to church. You are following a tradition of, of worshiping. You are following a tradition of taking communion. You are following a tradition of calling yourself, again, I'm a quote unquote Christian that you've given yourself a title, but yet you are not fulfilling a role. You're not fulfilling the destiny that God has called us to. You see, God has destined me to, to start this church, and I, keep, I continue to tell people is that I'm not really starting a church. I'm only expanding the kingdom of God. And I don't look at it as, 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 as in that reference of starting a church. I'm just simply going forward as God has called me to according to Matthew 28 to go forth and to make disciples of all men teaching them the truths that I have taught you so as we we get back into the earlier part of John 15 and it talks about you know every branch that doesn't produce fruit so as we made that exclamation there that if we were a false disciple that means we're not producing fruit so what happens to the ones that are not producing fruit it said that they are severed they're cut away and once that they gather them and put them all in a pile then what happens they burn them what do we really think this really reflects I mean, Jesus was always teaching a lesson here. Even people that thought they were followers, people that thought that they were doing what is right, as we refer back even to Matthew chapter 7, he said, Now everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into heaven, but he that what? He that does the will of my Father. Doing the will of the Father is producing fruit. So again, we're sitting here this morning and we're pointing out the obvious. We're pointing out something. I'm telling you that there's a wet floor inside of the ocean. But that sounds to be so obvious, but a lot of people don't want to hear the, the, un, the unpopular truth that's being preached here this morning. The word that's able to save our soul. The word that's able to move us from where we are into the position that God has called us to be in. It's the obvious that needs to be pointed out to us. We're, we're too busy in the overlook. We're trying to see everything when God's calling us to the detail of things. And this is the details that God is calling us to. He's calling us to the obvious. It's calling us to the obvious. If we put a, again, let's just, we put a pot of water on boiling and we just, and we just let it boil and boil and boil. Well, when the water runs out, what's the obvious that it tells us to do? We're going to do one or two things. We're either going to put more water in the pot or we're going to remove the pot from the stove, right? That just sounds to be obvious because that just seems to be common sense. But all these things that we're speaking here this morning, all these things that we're talking about, these is spiritual sense. This is what we need to be doing spiritually. This tells us by God's Word and again, ladies and gentlemen, we just get back to the point that if we're not in God's Word, if we're not seeking Him, if we're not pursuing Him, if we're just satisfied in the state in which that we are, then all this isn't going to be obvious to us. If, if, if I never introduce you to that pot of boiling water and what you're supposed to be doing from there, then you're never going to know.
you're going to begin to smell bad fumes and your pot's going to begin to burn and then who knows that something may begin to catch on fire and that's just the obvious that we, that we don't want to happen so how many times let me ask you this question how many times will jesus have to ring this word in your ears before it takes heart before it takes root in your heart how many times does God's word in the reference of the obvious, how many times of the things that we hear Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, how many times does it really take before it becomes obvious for us? And that's not just for the ones that are sitting here today. That's for those that may be online. That's for those that, that may be listening to us via the podcast. But the question is, is, is Jesus is addressing the heart of men and women through the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here today to plead with you to move from understanding of ritual acts to a meaningful relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's time to move on into and beyond that obvious that God is calling us to. God is calling us to. Because like we, we said before we started preaching right at the worship service, you know, the, the Lord had spoken and that there's so many things that this world has to offer us. And all these things that the world has to offer us keeps us distracted. It really does. Well, there's a good series on TV. I'm not knocking TV. I'm not saying that all TV is bad. There's a lot of TV that isn't good. I'm just going to be real upfront and honest with you. And anybody that sits here knows that there are certain things that don't come through this TV. It don't, it don't take place in this home. Because I learn when I tolerate sin, then I, I allow sin. And what it does is that quenches the Spirit of God with inside of me. So, so, so all these obvious things that we need to be moving beyond. So when we, when that, when that TV series is coming on, what is God calling us to? What do we hear the Spirit of God saying? Because eventually, after a while, after we keep saying no, or after we keep ignoring them, if somebody keeps ignoring you, let me ask you this question. How long is it going to be before you quit talking to them? If we're sitting at the dinner table and we're talking, I'm talking and talking and talking. Well, let's just say you're talking and talking and talking. And all I'm doing is playing on my phone and I'm not paying you no mind. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to eventually quit talking to me, right? So every time that we quit listening to the Holy Spirit, every time that we quit listening to what He has to say to us, because He only speaks what? He only speaks the truth. He only speaks God's Word. That, that's all He speaks. Jesus said that He will speak what He hears me speak. And that is the Word of God. Jesus was explained, explained in, in John chapter 1 that He was the Word. He is the Word of God. So if you need an expression of God, Jesus is the expression of God because He is the Word that became flesh and He dwelt among us. So how many times are, are we going to hear Him speak to our hearts before we begin to do what He's called us to do? To walk in the things that He's called us to walk in. You see, these are the things that are obvious. These are the things that are obvious that really shouldn't be pointed out. But because we lack discipline, but because we lack a hunger. You know, we talked about uh, just in that last song, Give me Jesus. When the woman, when the Samaritan woman was at the well, she was seeking water. But Jesus was there and He said that if you would drink of the water that I have to offer you, you'll never thirst again. Never See, once we really taste Jesus, 
I ain't talking about just smelling it. I ain't talking about just the, the smell of the aroma of maybe some fresh homemade tortillas being made. We haven't had that in a while, and maybe one day we will. I, I don't know, right, Mom? <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day she'll bless us with that again. But, but how many times, you know, uh, do you, we we smell that aroma? Does it it makes us want it? but not until we taste it when we taste it that that's the hook in our mouth it's god it's we 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 want it and the more that i seek god the more that i pursue him the more that i read in this love letter this letter that he wrote to us it makes me want more it makes me want more and i'm not just satisfied with just on sundays with bringing a word i want the word all the time and I want to be corrected. The, like we spoke about last week, that is the highlight real for me each and every day is that when God speaks to me, excuse me, but the reality is that He speaks His heart to me. God is speaking His heart to you. No matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at, and God still loves you and He wants you. He wants more of you. So as we close today, I know we've been a little bit shorter than what we typically would, and that's fine because I gave you everything that God wants to speak to. He wants you to see the obvious. He wants to point out the obvious about where your heart is, where your heart is for Him, because your fruit says if you're either a true disciple or if you're a false disciple. There's no covering it up. Because if you walk by that tree and it ain't producing fruit, are you going to continue to water it? Are you going to continue to nurture it? No, you're not. You're going to sever it off and you're going to cut it off down to the roots and it's going to be no good for nothing but to be burned. I don't want to be considered as waste to God. I don't want to be considered as something that was so precious to God and that is so precious to God that one day I only become waste. Who wants to be that person? Who wants to be that piece of trash? Who wants to be that piece of wood that has not produced no fruit that God will sever off? Let us pray, ladies and gentlemen. Dear Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness, and all of that, Lord, that you have showed us, Lord, here today. We thank you, Lord, most importantly, Lord, for your word. Lord, I, I, Lord, that your word is established, Lord, in my mind and in my heart, Lord, and as your word's been established, Lord, here this morning, that you only wanted to point out, Lord, the obvious, the very things, Lord, that we so often overlook in life. But, Lord, even those that may be sitting here, Lord, those that may be viewing us, those that may be listening to us, Lord, in this message today. God loves you and He's calling you to more and He just wants you to see the obvious, the very obvious that Jesus pointed out to the religious people. And He's trying to point these obvious things out to you as well. Will you incline your ears to hear what He has to say? Will you be like the Samaritan woman that desired to have the water that, that you could drink that you would never thirst again? As, a, as we are always searching for something to fulfill, but yet it's just really our spirit man that is starving for righteousness. Will you allow Jesus to be that righteousness in your life today? Lord, bless us, Lord, as your word is gone forth, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, to always and to constantly be reminded, Lord, of the obvious, Lord, the obvious, Lord, thing that always just sticks out. 
So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Bring us back safely again, Lord, as you see fit and as you desire. And until then, and even through then, Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, the honor, the thanksgiving, because we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.